This is a spot where the flush is way too strong to check. There's plenty of value to be had in this scenario. However, you always wanna ask in this spot, what am I trying to get called by? Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Little for PokerCoaching.com here today with another episode of Weekly Poker Hand. Today we're taking a look at a hand from High Stakes Poker. There's a lot of new exciting episodes of High Stakes Poker on Poker Go. Make sure you check those out. Here we're playing 400, 800, no limit hold'em. Those are reasonably big blinds. Tom Dwan opens it up from the low jack seat. We are playing under the gun six-handed, so essentially the low jack seat. He makes it $2,500. Folds around to Bryn Kenny. For those who do not know Bryn Kenny, he is the number one all-time tournament money leader with a whopping $56 million in live tournament earnings. That's a lot. Uh, he also chopped the biggest buy-in tournament ever, the one million pound Triton Million. Make sure you check out Triton Poker's YouTube channel. They have a lot of great content there. He has nine seven of hearts on the button and he can either call or re-raise playing 426 big blinds deep. Um, this is a hand that flops really, really well. He's in position. The only error here is to fold. There's really like no world I'm folding this spot. Even if I know the initial raiser is like really, really tight and they have like exactly premium hands, you still just want to call in position and try to flop very well. Now, if you expect the initial raiser to either four bet or call a lot, you would rather just call and see the flop. If you expect the initial raiser to fold or call a lot and rarely four bet, then you should probably be more inclined to put in the three bet with the nine seven of hearts. So either three bet to about $8,000 or call, either play is fine. Bren does elect to call. Small blind folds over to Brandon Steven in the big blind. Brandon Steven also very, very strong tournament player, but he is also a father and an entrepreneur. He owns 12 car dealerships. That means he has to own a whole lot of cars, right? Goodness gracious, if each car dealership owns only 10 cars, it's 120 cars. They probably each own like 30 cars. Goodness gracious, he has all the cars. Also, he owns 50 health clubs and two pro hockey teams. He has it all. Also, he has $3 million in live tournament earnings. No slouch at the poker table at all. He elects to call in the big blind. Flop comes. Jack of hearts. Five of hearts. Two of spades. Brandon checks. And Tom Dwan bets $4,000 into the $8,700 pot. So about a half pot bet. In this scenario with your draws... You want to ask, should I call or should I raise? We know we are not folding. If you want to test yourself to ensure you know how to play draws, well, I have a free quiz for you at pokercoaching.com slash draws quiz. So as soon as you're done with this video, go over and check that out at pokercoaching.com slash draws quiz. Typically, when you are in position, as Bren Kinney is, you're going to want to call with all of your draws that don't really want to get re-raised. Notice here, if Tom bets 4,000 and Bren makes it, let's say, 12 or 15,000, if Tom Dwan re-raises, so let's say 50000 or 60000 now it's a pretty miserable spot for Bryn Kenny. But when he is in position getting very good odds with a draw that's you know basically getting the right price to call, I realize he's not getting the exact immediate pot odds to draw, but he had, certainly has some implied odds here if he does make his flush. Um, you don't really want to screw that up by raising. So this is a spot where I think Bren's going to want to raise mostly with his really strong hands and also with some really junky draws. Um, that said, I don't think you want to be raising in this scenario all that often at all. This is a spot where you're going to want to call with the vast majority of your draws that have pretty good equity, like this flush draw. Bren does opt to call. Seems perfectly fine and standard. Now, Brandon Steven ruins the party and check raises to $17,000. Tom Duan gets out of the way. 
So, considering Brandon's range in this spot, you have to think his range is going to be very polarized, either very strong made hands, probably, I don't know, King Jack and better for top pair good kicker on the Jack 5-2-2 heartboard. But then also a lot of high equity draws. What are high equity draws here? That's going to be gut shots or open-ended straight draws um, with a flush draw. So like ace three of hearts, ace four of hearts, maybe like ace 10 of hearts, um, four three of hearts, six three of hearts, stuff like that. And then perhaps some very low equity draws like six three of clubs for a gut shot. You may say, why raise a six three of clubs? Because when you're raising only really strong made hands, like strong top pairs, two pairs, and sets, and very premium draws, you get to mix in some very, very low equity bluffs that are not quite good enough to call, like 6-3 of clubs in this scenario. So you should be mixing in some bluffs. Now, I don't know if Brandon's necessarily mixing in bluffs, like 6-3 of clubs for a bad gut shot, but I would typically presume most people are not. Most people opt to just fold the 6-3 of clubs here, or the, um, let's say... 7-6 of spades for a backdoor flush draw, backdoor straight draw. But I do think it'd be a pretty sweet play to put in the check raise, especially if you think Tom Dwan's continuation betting here a little bit too often, and if you think Brand is floating the flop or calling the flop in position a little bit too often, which I do think both things are probably going to be true. So this is a pretty sweet spot to go for that. Notice if you do have the 6-3 clubs and you check raise the flop and your opponent calls with, I don't know, jack 10 for top pair, if the turn is any heart, you can keep betting and often make them fold. If you turn the straight, you're in great shape. And um, even if like an overcard comes, like a random king, you can often barrel the turn in the river. So it's a very, very strong line here to check raise with high equity made hands, also high equity draws, and then some very low equity draws that are not quite getting the right price to call. All right, so anyway, over to Brent Kinney. What do you do against a range that is premium made hands, premium draws, and perhaps some low equity draws? Well, you want to call. If you re-raise in this scenario, what's going to happen is Brandon is just going to continue with all of his strong made hands, which you're in bad shape against, all of his strong draws, which you're in bad shape against, and he's going to fold out his really junky draws. So there's really no purpose in raising in this scenario at all. And Bryn does opt to call, which I think is great. Turn is a queen of hearts, giving Bryn the flush. And Brandon decides to bet $27,000 into the $47,000 pot. All right, what do we do here with the flush? I want you to pause the video and tell me in the comment section below if you would fold, don't do that, if you would call, if you would raise to about $80,000, or if you would raise to about $150,000. Go ahead, pause the video, and write what you would do in the comment section below. All right, did you do it? Good. This is a spot where really your only option is to call. A lot of people look at this spot and think that you're gonna to want to put in the raise just to play for all of the money. However, when we're playing 400 something big blinds deep in this scenario, if we raise and end up getting all in or playing a gigantic pot, what do you think Brandon's range really looks like? Well, it's gonna be all the good flushes, which we actually lose to, and maybe sets, which you know, have decent equity against us. So because of that, when Brandon takes a polarized line on the flop where he check raises the flop, and then he keeps betting on an obviously bad turn for a lot of his made hands, he's probably going to have either a flush, which, like I said, we're actually not in great shape against, even though we do beat some of the flushes like 4-3 of hearts, 6-3 of hearts, etc. Um, or he's going to have just like a really junky hand like 6-3 of clubs that's drawing dead. 
So in spots like this where you are either in really good shape or you're just dead, typically you want to call. Um, in spots where you're beating a lot of your opponent's value hands, that's when you're going to want to be more inclined to raise. So this is a spot where even though Brand does have a flush, which is a very good hand, given Brand, the way Brandon has played this hand, I think he does just need to call, which is what he does. River is the queen of clubs pairing the board. Brandon now checks, and Brandon has to decide if he should value bet. This is another spot that I think a lot of people make a pretty big error either by being overly aggressive or overly passive. To make sure you're not making this error, make sure you check out my training site, pokercoaching.com and my tournament masterclass. We're actually having a sale going on right now, pokercoaching.com slash spring. If you want to get, well, a spring in your step and get way ahead of your opponents, make sure you check out pokercoaching.com slash spring right now. The prices are not going to last long, so make sure you check that out right now. All right. This is a spot where the flush is way too strong to check. There's plenty of value to be had in this scenario. However, you always want to ask in this spot, what am I trying to get called by? In this spot, we're trying to get called by a jack or maybe a weaker flush. Um, so how much will a jack call when the board runs off two queens, which, uh, you know, I don't think Bren has all that often, but he could. Uh, we're trying to probably get a small value bet in in this spot. If you think uh, Brandon is especially calling stationy, then I would like a bet of something like 80,000. But whenever Brandon is going to play kind of snugly on this river and realize like King Jack is not all that great, I think you probably want to go for a small-ish bet. So this is a spot where you want to figure out your opponent's strategy and adjust accordingly, right? Like let's say we know Brandon's going to call with any Jack and all the low flushes, no matter how much we bet. In that case, we probably want to go for a pretty big bet, right? Like pot size bet. If we think Brandon is going to fold out a hand like King Jack to a pot size bet, then we definitely want to go for a smaller bet size like 35,000 or 40,000 into the 100,000 pot. Um, also, you want to ask, will Brandon bet the river with his good flushes? Because if he'll bet the river with all of his good flushes, which I actually think is a fine play, like if he's sitting here with the ace high flush, or king high flush, it's probably still pretty nice to go for a medium value bet. If you think he's going to keep betting those on the river, then you should be more inclined to bet when he checks, because when he checks, it means he has a hand worse, or mostly worse, than a strong flush, which means this nine high flush is actually in really good shape. But if he's going to be checking the river with some of the ace high flushes and king high flushes, then we have to be a little bit more cautious going for a big value bet, because sometimes we're just going to be betting big into Brandon's very, very strong hand. So given I think Brandon will probably check some good flushes here, and I think he is going to perhaps bet the turn with hand like King of Hearts Jack or, you know, hands like that, Ace of Hearts Jack, I think we probably want to go for a small value bet. And um, that is what Bren does. I like this play a lot. This is a spot where he goes for a 39,000 bet into the 100,000 pot. I think you can easily get called by a jack here. If Brandon was making some weird overvalue with like pocket tens, which I don't think is happening all that often, but if he is, maybe that finds a crying call. So I like this play. One thing you want to be aware of is that this may be a spot where Bren is almost never bluffing. Because think about the bluffs Bren could even have here. It doesn't There's not a whole lot of them, right? Um, because if he had a flush, he got there on the turn. If he had a jack, would he really value bet it on the river? Like, if you give Bryn Kenny ace-jack here, is he really value betting? I don't know. I suppose he could have a hand like king-queen of spades that backdoor trips, but does that call the flop check-raise? Like, probably not. So, 
this is a spot where I think Bren's going to be very, very value heavy. And if that's the case, Brandon should start to make some pretty snug folds with hands like a jack. Um, just because there aren't very many logical bluffs, right? I mean, I guess he could have like 4-3, but he probably just folds the turn with 4-3 whenever the Queen of Hearts comes, because then he's dead against the flushes, not in great shape against the sets, and he just has like a very junky draw. So kind of hard to come up with any bluffs in this scenario. And whenever you do have a hard time coming up with bluffs for your opponent, you should be way more inclined to fold the marginal made hands in Brandon Stevens' shoes. That said, we're playing against Bren Kenny. If you've ever played with Bren Kenny, he gets in there, he mixes it up, and he battles. So I certainly would not fault Brandon for finding a hero call with a marginal bluff catcher here. Brandon does call, and he shows the ace-high flush. It's cooler for Bren Kenny, and the money gets shipped over to Brandon Steven. Tough spot for him, uh, but really, I like the way Bren Kenny played this hand throughout, and I would have played it pretty much exactly the same way he did. So that's me it for today. Again, if you want to get a discounted membership to PokerCoaching.com, head over to PokerCoaching.com spring right now. If you enjoyed this video, do me a quick favor. Click the like and subscribe button below. Also, click the notification bell. I know that only 8.2% of you have clicked the notification bell, which is not all that many. Let's bring it up to 8.7%. A few of you click that notification bell, it'll go ding, ding, ding. And I guess that helps the YouTube robots know that you like the videos. Good luck in your games. Have a great, great week. Thanks for watching. I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.